Good morning, and welcome to my view from the rim. It is the 5th of October. It's been a while. I apologize for that. It's been, I'd like to say that things have been so busy, I haven't been able to do it. But in reality, I would say more likely that thought process has been very uh, sporadic as far as what I wanted to talk about and um, share with all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, a personal note, as far as my health goes, uh, I've been, uh, I just this past week had the second episode of a twisted call, and I don't remember the technical term for that, and it doesn't really matter, but I had to have a scope to have it straightened out. Uh, in, in the ER, the, uh, I was referred to a surgeon to um, evaluate for, have part of my colon removed. Um, I went to do that. The uh, surgeon explained what was going on as far as inside and essentially what it is. And this is something that only recently I've had found out from my mom that when I was a little kid as well, that I had some uh, intestinal issues, which I, of course, had had no idea of this at all. Uh, but the uh, uh, surgeon said, looking at the CT scan, says that said that I have probably... Um, my colon is about a foot longer than what it should be anyway. And that because of that, it's kind of twisted around each other. And so that's been the problem. I did have a colonoscopy back when I turned 50 and I've had um, two since then, but, but uh, they had some troubles with it. And that explains a lot of that. The fact is that, that, that everything inside does get tend to get jumbled up has nothing to do directly with the bariatric surgery that I had um, last year, although perhaps uh, having lost a lot of the uh, fat content and such, or the fat in my body, that perhaps created a little extra wiggle room, if you'll pardon the expression. Uh, short, Long story short, they're going to do a, a laparoscopic surgery, remove part of my colon, um, soonest uh, available is uh, at the end of November. I'm not going to talk about the date right now, but they are hoping to have it move up because each time that the colon gets twisted, it becomes less likely that using the scope to straighten it out is going to solve the problem. And so it's better to take care of this situation under uh, controlled conditions rather than having to remove part of my colon as part of an ER visit after a failed scope attempt, simply because by doing it under, um, by being prepared for it, you're cleaned out. You don't have uh, the issues uh, dealing with infection and such that you would have to if it was done in an emergency situation. So there's that, and sorry to bore you with all that, because I did want to uh, go into perhaps more of a main event, if you will. We just concluded that, well, rather, the, uh, the every year or twice a year, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a general conference in Salt Lake City. It's broadcast uh, throughout the world, both on a satellite system as well as 
uh, internet and many, many social media platforms, as well as an app. Uh, this uh, conference is the opportunity to listen to the prophet, uh, President Russell M. Nelson, as well as other apostles and leaders of the church. For those that are that don't know, that are perhaps not members of the church or are just curious, the uh, individuals that give that are assigned talks are assigned when they're going to speak and how long their talk is going to be. And that's it. There's no assigned topic. There's no uh, theme, if you will, that is prescribed, although the leaders of the church uh, do choose the, the musical selections. And so perhaps there is a theme with that, but the people that are speaking don't necessarily know what those songs are going to be. And so they are given to seek out the Lord's guidance in what they would discuss with people. And there were several, several uh, themes running through, and, and to be honest, uh, I've not been able to listen to all of the conference talks as yet. I was working on Saturday, so I missed the first two sessions. And then on the uh, Sunday, I had to attend a, a meeting with scouts and was unable to hear uh, pretty much the entire Sunday afternoon session. From what I understand, I, I really did miss quite uh, quite a doozy there. Um, a general theme, if uh, from what I've read, just the summaries. Uh, and what I heard is that we're getting late in the game. As far as when I talk about the game, I'm talking about mortality. Uh, mortality as humans in general. Uh, prior to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can see that. And I didn't need a general conference to tell me that. We can we can see that in the breakdown of... of uh, clear definitions of good and evil, of right and wrong, where where the very church itself is attacked, not from without, well, it is attacked from without, but from within as well, by people who think that the, that the uh, doctrine of the church, the doctrines of the church regarding policies, etc., are, are antiquated and that they need to catch up because society has moved on from the old if you will, patriarchy. The problem with that is is that mortality and the family structure on earth is not just the family structure on earth. The family structure on earth is actually modeled after our eternal family with our eternal Father in heaven, the, the Father of our spirits. sitting as the patriarch of the human family. Now you can choose to believe that or not. Choosing not to believe it does not make it false. 
we're seeing the signs of the world preparing for the second coming unwittingly. Um, chaos uh, as well as uh, wars and rumors of wars, famines and tribulations. You know, a lot of these things are, of course, self-inflicted by mankind. Uh, not going to get into the climate stuff here. This is That's over there at the lib to talk about, perhaps. But how we treat our fellow beings. And, more importantly, where our testimonies are regarding the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, I've argued this many times. That those who, those saints who lived before Christ came in the meridian of time. You know, the children of Abraham and, and many others don't, don't think that they were the only ones that offered sacrifices. The sacrifices in and of themselves were of no value for providing an atonement for sins committed. In fact, you know, as we finished reading through uh, in, in our, our Old Testament study, the, uh, the Lord did not delight in the blood of animals and the and the burnt offerings. The Lord would rather not had people at, offer these sacrifices to uh, as a symbol of atoning their for forgiveness. He'd rather that they not sin. He'd rather that today we not sin. also knows that we do not live perfect lives and we cannot live perfect lives but the sacrifices in and of themselves had no value other than they were demonstrations of faith in those who offered them that Christ would come to the earth the Messiah and that he would take upon himself the sins of the world and by their having demonstrated faith that he would do this, they would receive forgiveness. Today, the Lord doesn't ask for burnt offerings. He asks for a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He asks nothing different, really, today than what he did over 2,000 years ago that we demonstrate faith in Jesus Christ, that he can redeem us from our sins. But going back to the Old Testament, you know, they, they here they were struggling through mortality, sinning and repenting and, and such. They were looking forward to the Messiah coming and living a sinless life as they were in the middle of mortality and all of their struggles and sins and temptations, they had to have faith that Christ would come and truly live a sinless life. And that 
because of that, he could atone for our sins. On the other side of Christ's life, here we are. Christ lived a sinless life. He died. Willingly giving up his life. And was resurrected on the third day. The battle, the vanquishing of Satan, is complete. Satan has his, has his time now that he can be out and about trying to drag people down with him. But make no mistake, he is on borrowed time. At some point in the future, he will be chained prior to the thousand years. And after the thousand years, he will be vanquished, vanquished into a hell, if you will, where he can never again interact with children of our Heavenly Father. So the only question that's left for us today is whose side are we on? we choose to be on the Lord's side to approach him with a broken heart and a contrite spirit to be able to reach out and help those around us to love those around us to help those that stand in need That's our call, after all, as Christians. To not judge others who are on their own trail of life and all the weaknesses that they may have, just like we do. Are we on that side, or do we choose to tear down? The reason I ask that is because sooner or later, We're going to have to be able to stand on our own testimonies of what we believe. We can believe others for now, but ultimately, times are going to become such that we will falter if we are only standing on the testimony of others. If we have not developed a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if we have not felt his atoning healing, if we are not striving mightily daily to overcome sin, Christ knows our hearts. Those that struggle with addictions and such, 
Christ knows your heart. Something that we have to remember. And, more importantly, it's something that we have to, when we see others, we have to recognize that we cannot judge them based on just what we see. We don't judge them at all. We accept them as fellow travelers. And forgive all who trespass against us so that we may forgiven be forgiven of our trespasses I just wanted to get that out there um, as I review conference just I will provide some more updates but how important is it to have a prophet on the earth today? And I testify that we do. That the power of God has been restored and, and rests through the priesthood of God throughout the world. Ordinances or rites essential to salvation of man are going forward in all parts of the globe. And as we listen to the prophet of the Lord, we know that we will not be led astray. Is it selfish for me to ask for you to pray for me, one, that because my surgery is nearly two months away, that I won't have an event between now and then that will put me in the hospital and have an emergency situation? Is it too much to ask for that? I try not to make personal appeals, but there's one that I would, that I have your prayers. This is my view from the room. Have a wonderful day.